from the nosebleeds to the studio i am your host lj and today is want to tell you like i've been previewing for weeks this is a very special episode we finally have our first guest live via zoom uh i want to welcome the orlando magic uh radio host slash producer uh you know this is very very important uh episode just for magic fans and i think for everybody orlando community me personally myself and uh Hope for everybody new listening to the podcast, but I want to welcome in uh, Jake Chapman. Welcome in. Hey, what's happening? How are you? Good, good. Round of applause for you, sir. Okay, well done. Well awesome, done. awesome. Like oh, yeah. You got some people back there off camera that I can't see? Oh, yeah. No, you know, we got the live studio audience, you know, just kind of in the background, you know. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you wouldn't let me down. <laughs> never, never. But all right, but again, the pleasure is all mine. I want to thank you for coming on in today. And, um, you know, like I mentioned first, you know, Orlando Magic Radio uh, host slash producer well that's just a that's just the that's just the tip of the iceberg uh, i kind of want to today give the people a chance to kind of see uh, someone who i feel like is very important to the everyday production of just the games and just overall um productivity of just how things run like i think if you've actually ever listened to any of the magic podcast uh you you really see like just um the, the, the quality behind it, and, and I know we had some issues, especially recently with the whole draft and stuff like that. I know you're not entirely responsible for everything, but it's just like uh, once you actually see it, I think it's amazing uh, being on this side of things. And uh, I want to kind of shine a light a little bit to you and, and give you one little bit of recognition that I hope you get more of, <laughs> honestly. And, uh, you know, just kind of just get into what kind of your everyday uh, life is like. And uh, I know... Previously, before I let you kind of dive into it, but as you can see, the Ohio State uh, flag in the background for those of you guys watching on uh, the YouTube or Facebook Live, uh, it it is uh, labeled in your uh, Twitter bio, basically your journey, how you uh, started, you know, basically uh, Ohio State and then Magic, Detroit, Cleveland, back to the Magic. Uh, so you know, just kind of give a brief introduction about yourself, what you do, and then. Tell us a little bit about your journey, man. Sure. You got it. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me on as always, Jay. I um, was born outside of Cleveland, Ohio, and raised up in a small town, went to Ohio State, got a journalism degree. And my career, like the turning point was early. It was when I graduated from Ohio State, I got the seasonal internship uh, to come down and be the radio intern. That was back in 06, 07. And that was the first year that Dante, who's still there, Dante Marcatelli, mm -hmm. uh, became the radio manager, and they had just hired a new radio producer. So two years after that, like I stayed in Florida, I bounced around, I attended bar, and I was doing traffic reports, anything to, to, to do overnight to WDVO, anything to stay in the mix. Um, but pretty quickly, the producer that they hired, um, a guy by the name of Justin McKim, a great guy, he had kind of some family stuff, needed to, to move back to Pennsylvania, where he was from. So that was the second break. Dante gave me a call when I was 25 years old and uh, I Shout got the job as radio team. producer. Spent five seasons doing that. And then I went up to Detroit. And, you know, part of the reason I went up to Detroit was to be closer to my family. It was a great opportunity. It was more on air. But what I sacrificed when doing that was the security of working for the Orlando Magic versus now my employer was a radio company. Um, and this was in 2014 and radio for about 20 years now has been a pretty volatile, yeah. <laughs> pretty volatile <laughs> place, mergers, acquisitions, T-com companies, German money coming in, uh, whatever. 
So now all of a sudden I'm sitting there watching the, the, the trades every day, trying to figure out if my company was going to get sold. Cause that's what happened. People told me it was good. Uh, uh, go work for a company that doesn't have any debt. Well, the problem with no debt is it makes it very easy to sell. Mm. And so the sale process happened like that. They flipped the format on the station that I was working for. And so it was a sports talk station. Perfect. Then it became a hip hop and R&B, a throwback hip hop and R&B station. That's a change. I like throwback hip hop and R&B. It's just not necessarily my specialty. So that's just sort of screwed things up. Like the Pistons kept me around and they were great. And I loved all the people working there. I'm actually really, really happy for them getting Kate Cunningham and brighter days finally ahead for everybody up there. Um, but I knew I had to make a move and I ended up in Cleveland dream come true working 92.3 the fan bronze radio uh, network I was producing the midday show I was getting to host my own on Sundays but it just wasn't didn't have everything that I needed right it was uh, um, it was a good sort of I guess bridge to get me back down here and eventually Dante gave me a call and he said look you know how do you feel about coming back? Like <laughs> the man, <laughs> uh, it, it won't be the exact same as, as it was before. Right. Like I've got more on air opportunities. I'm hosting the pre and post game. Now we really tried to, um, to take the, the, the podcast network and run with it and, and make sure the magic are in that space where they need to be uh, in 2021. And so it's been two years now since I've been back and it has not been a normal two years, I think for, Oof, for probably anybody. <laughs> um, but but we're getting we're we're inching our way back to getting people in the building and doing the broadcast the way we want to do it. Things are forever changed, right? Like I when I came back, I went back to the studio that I was working at at RDB Sportsplex. Um, and when the pandemic hit, we started working remotely. Um, that changed, and now we're more based out of Amway Center, and I'm more based in my house. But um, the Magic is a great organization to work for. It's um Dante is a is my mentor and he means so much to me in my career we just work really well together so I'm back I'm home uh I'm happy and now we got to get some wins and we got to get these broadcasts going uh, a little more fun it can be it's a lot more fun when you're talking about a oh, win after the oh game, yeah it that way. definitely no but just, just on that note man I gotta say and just just from kind of feeling feeling the fans on social media and you know I'm I'm one of the supervisors in the box office and even internally just with kind of us amongst, you know, at least a few of us <laughs> and uh, kind of, you know, just um, the, the mood is def- definitely in a positive swing. And like I've mentioned earlier, the, the, the Atlanta magic podcast uh, network and all you, uh, everything that you guys have been putting out, I've been noticing the, the responses to it. I've been at least in my opinion, definitely a lot more than they have, you know, since I've seen, since I've, you know, it's like, it's steps, you know, to your point, like once you start winning, we'll definitely get more because eventually things will plateau as, as it always does. If, if we continue to be the team that we, you know, we are to be, but I feel like you guys have definitely knocked it out the park in just the way you, you started. And uh, like uh, I got the chance to see Dante at one of the, one of the draft parties and, uh, you know, getting a chance to speak with you and mention you guys, like, just seeing what you guys do again, being in this space myself is just inspiring because it's like, I've listened to other broadcasts and I listen to other podcasts. And at the end of the day, they don't paint the picture as well as you guys do when we're talking about a game or when we're talking about trying to like, you know, kind of interact with players. And it, it seems very casual. You know, I did also get a chance to uh, cover a game one time in, in the locker room last year. And that was a dope experience. And just see, just seeing the camaraderie between all the kind of reporters there and, and even though I was, you know, the rookie, the kind of <laughs> fish in the water, they, you know, they they were helpful in making sure I at least got the content I needed for 
my interview and stuff like that. And so kind of just being around it and, again, seeing everything, you guys are definitely going to – it's going to happen. Just the team, only a matter of time. Till we get well, there, I, I appreciate sure. that. And I think like, cause you and I have, we've corresponded now and you've, and you've picked my brain before. And, and we've talked about this, like seeing people like you, you know, like going, like going out there and grabbing what you want to do like that, that gives me life that, you know, that sort of um, re-energizes me because no matter what, like it becomes work, right? Exactly. Like I get, this is my dream job. This is all I ever <laughs> wanted to do. But in late March, when I've been going real hard for about six months, and I got my eye on, you know, the, the off season or, or getting up to see my family up in Ohio, it's, you still do need a recharge every mm-hmm. once in a while. So, um, you know, people like you who have a passion for, for, for what we all do and, and, and for what you do, um, I think it's important to, to, to keep people like that in your life, keep talking to people like that, and yeah, keep, for sure. uh, keep counting your blessings, you know? Oh, no, for sure. And uh, again, thank you, for, thank you for those words. And again, it's just... Not for nothing, man. It's just, I mean, everything I say, and it's just the truth, man. I, you need to hear it. Uh, again, it, I know it definitely doesn't happen maybe as often as, as, as it should, but, hey, I, I'm, I'm here for that moment. Yeah, tell the bosses. Tell the bosses. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. We'll let them know. <laughs> They'll, they're they're going to see this soon. That's, that's the plan. <laughs> but, no, so speaking of uh, just kind of some of your work, uh, I know one of the more recent uh, things you, you got a chance to do was uh, the Giannis uh, Tima interview. Uh, I did get to briefly exchange with you on Twitter about that, and uh, I talked with a bunch of people about it. They, they, that was that was great. That was that was lovely. Uh, kind of just tell us your experience, kind of interviewing him, and what that was like, man. See, that's what like that's what that's the stuff that I love. You know, like look, John, he played really well in in the first um, summer league game. Fell off a little bit, and but there was talk. People were, you know, is this guy going to make the roster for crying out mm-hmm. loud? And then, and then you had the look. And for those of you, if you don't know, Giannis Tima is um, a 29-year-old uh, f- Finnish pro with this, like, bleach blonde hair, and he's all tatted up. And he looks like – He got the look. <laughs> because, yeah, I don't know. He looks like Eminem circa 2002 or something like that, right? Like, um, but, but super nice. And then he's, he's got this incredible story, obviously. Like, he's bounced around. He's, he's from, um, you know, this, this sort of region. I think it was near the Belarusian border – um, where he didn't even see NBA games or know much about the NBA until he was a teenager. Um, but he, but he's a very successful international player. And then he's married to this superstar uh, in Russia, pop star. Um, and so like, oh, okay. Oh yeah. Oh, this guy's playing well. And then you pull up his Instagram and you're like, oh, and then you see like TikTok videos where he's pushing a, a Murcielago in Miami. And it's like, this dude's like the most interesting man in the world. So that's the type of stuff that if you go all the way back, I don't know if people remember Dante and Galante doing summer league games and the goofy stuff we used to do with people like Ryan Anderson, JJ Reddick. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff that I love doing, that personality-based yeah. stuff. The game is the game. And that and look, and, and as a broadcaster, I take very seriously my responsibility of presenting the of story, whether it's pregame, halftime, postgame, in-game, whatever. You know, that's what that's first and foremost. That's why people know who I am or tune into what it is we're doing. But I enjoy the Giannis Tima stories. Yes. Uh, and getting to do that stuff because that's just fun. Now we're telling this, their stories. Now it's not about 21 points per game and, and six boards. It's more about the funny TikTok video you did or tell us what life is like. How has life changed when nobody knew your name on Monday and now all of a sudden, 
you know, people are talking about you, at the very least in Orlando. But I don't know. If you're a member of NBA Twitter, Giannis Timo was all over the place oh, for yeah. about 72 hours, right? You, it was unavoidable, um, so, <laughs> for exactly. sure. Exactly. So that stuff's fun, and he was great. And and a lot of times, and I'm not going to say this about – we got a lot of great guys here on our team. But just through, throughout my past here and elsewhere – you know, as guys get bigger and bigger in stature and money and fame and notoriety, they get more insulated and, and more difficult to connect with. When you got a guy like Giannis Tima, it's just like talking. It's just like you and I talking, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's there's no element. There's no pretense. He, know, he doesn't think I'm trying to get anything out of him um, or trying to, to ask him gotcha questions and stuff like that. So a lot of times the the guys you might not know that much about are those stories that you know, we're trying to get out uh, to fans. Those are the those are the more fun ones to tell, and he was great. Yeah, no, definitely. Like I said, I, I that that was definitely one of the most enjoyable uh, interviews I've I've heard in a while. And just to your point, the the the, the character that he is, man. It's it, I think again, if you were on Twitter at all at, at that moment, you didn't have to be a fan of the NBA. Yeah, I'm sure you saw him trending at some point, and it yeah. might have piqued your interest. And uh, definitely, the story story for me was definitely like you said, the journey. Uh, it was inspiring and to me i was one of those i'm i was so i was like okay he'll get one of the final roster spots but uh then now we he got the signing of each one more want to get your opinion about that and then uh just but kind of like now we we got we still got the one two ways i i think left i doubt he'll come here for a two-way so i think those uh what, what, what do you think you, you how, how that last roster spot will shake out We'll see. You know, the thing right now, Jay, with, with, with where the team is, is you want to have some flexibility. And I think it was like the Etwan the signing makes perfect sense to me because you have all of this youth. So you bring in Giannis Tiemann, for instance, or um, somebody, you know, of that ilk, I guess. You're hoping that you that you struck gold. You're not hoping you struck gold with Etwan Moore. You know what Etwan Moore is. But what that is, is very, very valuable to players like Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony and the guys in the backcourt, RJ. So I think it's the, you sort of have to weigh, right? Like Etwan's not going to come and change the change the, the season around this season. Um, although he has played really well the last two or three years, um, he, he's he's an excellent bench piece. But the value obviously is bringing a vet in, show him the day to day. This is what when when the going gets rough, right? Like this is how you have to do. Like I was talking about before, late March, right? Who who is it that's sort of soldiering through and making sure they're going to finish the job? And that's what. Anytime you play as long as Etwan Moore has played in the NBA, uh, you know there's, that's a guy who's doing it the right way, putting the work in um, to, to stay to stay on rosters because it's tough, especially when you get a little bit older. Um, but but you know, going back to the original point, I think for another season, and and I know when you play as as many young players as the Magic are playing this year, um, you know, winning 50 games is going to be difficult. So I think having some of that flexibility as far as the roster goes and just making sure you're not committed long-term to much, right? Like many things, I, yeah. I think, you know, J.I. and Markel, right? It, it made sense to sign those extensions, but the Magic right now have a whole bunch of young talent on roster. They know that this is, this is going to be a process. So you don't want to tie yourself, um, tie yourself into anything too long-term. And so I think that probably weighed in as well. Definitely similar to probably what while we signed Robin. I think uh, that, that's probably one of the most interesting signings, I think, of, of the offseason, just from from his character, the dynamic, obviously, he has with stuff. But to your point, 
the, the veteran presence. Like, I, there, there was a lot of backla- backlash on Twitter and st- stuff when the assigning came, but I'm like, you really think he's going to eat up a lot of minutes of our young guys? The more one or, or Lopez? Uh, R- Lopez. Lopez. Yeah, I mean, look, I, to me, it's – Robin Lopez can almost bring as much value in practice as he can on the floor. Exactly. Right? Having Wendell Carter Jr. and Mo Bamba have to deal with Robin Lopez day in and day out, that's going to toughen him up. Remember Dwight and Martin Gortat? The way mm-hmm. Dwight always talked about what Gortat did for him in practice because they were, you know, every day when you got – when you and Gortat the same way. He said, I, he said, I got to deal with Dwight every night. When I get out to the games, that's the easy, easy part. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so Polish I think that's, that's the type of stuff you bring in. And plus, you know, Rolo, like who better to have in a locker with Etuan Moore, kind of an elder statesman type in the backcourt. And then Rolo, who is elder statesman, yes, but like court jester elder statesman, right? Like yeah. he is going to keep it light. <laughs> He's going to be fun. I think you can't have it. Well, I think you could probably have too many guys like that. Yeah, but no. I think it's great to have one or two guys like that who are, yeah, going to do the work and, and keep everybody accountable. I always, with a guy like Robin Lopez, remember last year when Westbrook first got to, to Washington, him and Lopez had been, had been teammates before. They, he loved having Robin Lopez as his teammate. And so if, if Rolo can be as goofy as he is and as fun as he is in, 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 on one side and then have the, the respect of a guy like Westbrook because he's bringing it in practice every day, that's the, the type balance that I want in my locker room for sure, especially when we're talking about veterans. Yeah, no, I think to your, yeah, to your point, I think that that's the perfect thing. Like I, that was my initial thought. I'm like, I, I didn't see anything negative about it. The, I think the crit, biggest criticism was that he was going to eat away at, at the, you know, the minutes of uh, Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter, et cetera. And I'm like, come on, guys. Let's not, let's not get carried away here. I think the, <laughs> think Robin Lopez knows where he's at in his career and, and the Magic know what they're doing as far as the signing. So I, I, I've coveted to your point. That's a great, they've already, you know, had, had, um, He's already had his interactions with stuff too, so you're, we're going to be in for a for a fun season. That's for sure. Definitely. All right. So just to get a couple more opinions on the team, uh, you know, we mentioned mentioned the young core, RJ Cole, Suggs. You know, also Fultz coming back. Uh, obviously, we got the biggest question: Who's going to be our our starting backcourt? I mean, I I have my opinion, but I think um, I, I'm I think everybody is kind of split for the most part i mean i think when healthy when healthy um you go Fultz and Suggs, but i want to see where where you stand on that yeah i think um this is gonna be interesting Jay. you know part of it is going to be based on the fact that that markel is probably going to ease back right I, the last thing you want to do is to uh rush markel for sure back onto the floor so whether or not that means you bring him off the bench at first and ease him back into the minutes, or you maybe wait a little bit longer for him to, to, to play and, and to play meaningful minutes. And then you put him back into the starting lineup. You know, coach Mosley's got a lot of questions to answer. And some of them are going to be kind of difficult. Um, I do think when you have your full complement, um, it probably makes sense to, to have, you know, like, the, the one thing I, I don't think you'll see is too small a backcourt. I think you'll yeah. have, you know, I, I think you'll figure out a way to have whoever on the floor because it, you know, the, the one and the two and the point guard and the shooting guard, like that's kind of, it's redundant like at this anymore, point, right? Yeah. They're all combo guards yeah, now, exactly. right? If you can't shoot, then I don't know what to tell you. If all you're doing <laughs> is passing, right? Uh, and if all you can do is shoot, then, you know, you're probably going to be like a bench specialist. What the magic have done now is they've signed, many or at least a handful uh signed or drafted or or you know accumulated um 
a, a pretty good stable of guards, a pretty good sort of group in the backcourt that should all had. be able to play together. You have to have multiple playmakers on the floor at a time. So, you know, for instance, when I look at Cole, I say, okay, Cole is going to be, I think he profiles more as kind of a, maybe a six man. He can certainly be a yeah. starter, but, but when Cole's in the game, he's in the game for offense, right? And he's in the game to score. Yes, he's going to be able to create for his teammates. Uh, yes, you know, we expect to see growth on the defensive end, but, but we know what Cole's role is. And Markel is probably a pretty good complement next to him. Now, does that mean that they'll be the starters? No, I'm pretty sure Jalen Suggs is going to be a starter at some point, probably sooner than later. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think you probably want to figure out, d- does A, does starting even matter? Like, what really matters is finishing games. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you've got, maybe you've got like point. a, you're doing a, a hockey sort of shift change type thing. Um, does it matter who's starting? But no matter what, I think w- what you're going to see is you're going to want those complementary skill sets next to each other. And you're going to want to try all of it anyways, right? Everybody's so young. Coach Moses is going to want to see what those combinations look like one by one by one. So I don't think it's going to be as important early on uh, who's starting and, and, and exactly like how it's the, the minutes are sort of splitting up because it's just going to be a whole lot of experimenting. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be Dr. Mosley in his laboratory uh, mixing stuff up and seeing and seeing what works. So it should be fun. And might you know, you, you might stub your toe a few times and you might figure out, okay, maybe, maybe these two don't necessarily work together. Um, but for a head coach to have different players that he's trying to get on the floor, that's one of those good problems. Definitely. And speaking of good, good problems, not only do we have one on the back court, we got something going on with, with our front court in Wendell Carter and Mo Bamba. Uh, that's, that's definitely, I think, maybe the most important one at the moment considering their contract situations they're they're both due at the same time i think it's i think it's one or the other i I definitely don't think it's both so it's it's a matter of i think who who wins that out what's where you lead into on that one it's gonna be interesting because if if because i'm not sure if that's the case uh one or the other it it depends look it depends on it depends on money yeah no that's and it depends on how this year goes and it depends on agents and it depends on politics it depends on all that stuff right um what I do think is that Wendell is it's got if it is one on one, Wendell's got the edge right now because of the way he played. Granted, it's a small sample size, but uh, you just haven't had that consistency from Mo, and and we've, we've detailed why ad nauseum. A lot of it is injuries and not being able to get a full offseason under his belt. Everything we've heard, and this happens every year. I don't want to get too carried away with everything we've heard and everything we've seen. It's been a good off season. He's putting yeah, the work no. in, right? He's he's healthy and uh, and all those things. So I, I think you got to be confident um, that you're going to see uh, an improved Mobamba, but for for an extended period of time. That's what I want to see because we've all always seen the flashes, right? Exactly. You see the four blocks in, in six minutes or the three made threes. And what it can be if it all comes together for Mo, but you got to see it day in day out, and that is a huge year for him, huge off season for him. Um, so I think, and whereas with Wendell, it's a little bit more of a known of a known quantity. I think we know what Wendell Carter Jr. is, which is a very very good front court player. Um, I I think you there's a lot less question marks there, but the two of them aren't the same player by any stretch of the imagination. Kind of going back to what we were talking about with the guards. So I could see there certainly being room for both of those guys on roster and probably, you know, depending on how creative coach most wants to be maybe on the floor together. I mean, it's not the end of the world to have two seven footers out there, (laughs) uh, especially if one of them can shoot like Mo can. I mean, as long as you're spacing the floor offensively, you can do some things like that. And, and what a, 
Can you imagine dealing with that defensively? You got Mo patrolling the rim and uh, Wendell out there working pick and roll and, and hedging on bigs. Like, I think um, I think that could be very, very intriguing, but it's another one of those questions like um, you got two good players. Which one do you want on the end uh, yeah. on the floor at the end of a game? That's uh, that's not the worst thing to be. But it's a huge year for Mo going back to um, to Mo. It's I, I, and I think he knows it too. I mean, I, I don't think the first few years of his career have gone the way that he wanted him to go. And I, yeah. I, you know, I don't think that's a, um, a stretch by any, any sense. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see. I, I think early on, we're going to have a sense like did the off season go the way Mo wanted it to go. Is he healthy? Is he happy? You know, does he look like um, the, this is uh, he's on the right track or, or, or do we have some question marks? I'm going to be anxious to watch him early. No, yeah, you, you you do bring up a great point, and like, I I think it gets lost in this in the small ball era, three point shooting. Like, having two big men, especially as as mobile as they are, it it could easily work. And like, sure. you put those two out there. To your point, who's really going to stop that? Not many teams will be able to stop that or score on that necessarily. Right. But I think to to the I just think my question is more more about the money. I just don't. I feel like they both probably command the same amount of the same amount of money in a contract. If they could work it out, by all means, I, w- I would love to see them. I would love to see them um, grow together and continue and continue to, you know, be on the team. But I think it's just like one or the other in the sense we heard, heard the rumors that Wendell Carter was going to get like, uh, going to seek seeking, excuse me, like 70 million or something like that. Whether that's, tr- whether, whether those were credible or not, obviously it remains to be seen, but I think that's more, it's more around yeah, the range of what a big man would too. get. So yeah, uh, I'm also. I'm also. <laughs> all right, hold on. Making sure, yeah. All right. So I had a little bit of connection there. All right, we're good now. All right. So I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty much. The the biggest I think question marks other than uh, like I mentioned the backcourt is uh, the that frontcourt battle. Again, I am just super excited for the for the outlook of the team in general. Um, we're we saw I saw something on ESPN a, a few days ago and they were we were projected pretty much the worst team in the league. Um, not really quite sure how how I feel about it. When you look at every other team around the league, I mean I guess you could see it. From like a name standpoint, I guess the name value from our team really isn't quite there as everyone else's. But obviously, there's now questions on when Ji gets back. But um, if folks get if folks gets back within a reasonable time, and the team continues to play, I definitely don't don't see us being the worst team in the league. I, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it, look, that's those projections come based on the amount of youth on roster. I think yeah. um, you've and the fact that two of your best players are coming back from injuries. And so you don't know what that's going to look like at the beginning of the year. Um, so I understand it. And look, they were one of the worst three teams in the league last year. Sure. And it's not like we went out and signed, you know, James Harden or, or whatever, you know, <laughs> so we didn't trade for Lowry. It's not like we made moves that are going to instantly make the team better. Except I do think you can make the argument that Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner will instantly make the team a bit better, but they got a long way to go. They're kids. Yes. Um, so, you know, when you, when you've got as many 23 and unders on roster as the magic do, people are going to assume it's going to be a long year. New head coach is a whole lot of, of newness. 
um, which is okay. Sure. Like this, I think we, I think we sort of signed up for it and had had a sense that this is how it was going to be at the trade deadline last year. You trade away Vooch and Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier, and you're not going to get back. Like why would why would you get back players who are immediately as good as those guys are? Right? Yeah, no, would make trade sense. because you're you're bringing back draft assets, young players, and you're planning for the future. So patience is going to be a key here. Um, to me, like, look, if you can contend for a playoff spot, outstanding. I doubt you're going to be a top half team in the Eastern Conference, but if you're if you're in the mix, then that's great. All I really need to see is improvement and mm-hmm. and and promise. Like, I I just want to know. Jalen Suggs is the right guy. Cole Anthony is the right guy. RJ Hampton's the right guy. I just want to know that they've got a group here that eventually is going to be something special. And then you sit back and you watch and you enjoy the growth process. Because to me, especially in the NBA, that's some of the most fun stuff there is, is watching a group of guys, you know, going back to, to the Dwight teams, like as they sort of started building, I mean, it was so fun to have a group like that and to have it all sort of feel like, um, organic you know and and, and sustainable you drafted in one draft you got your starting point guard and your starting center and then you just sort of tweak like okay keto here and then you throw the money at richard and you draft jj and now all of a sudden it's it just starts sort of building but you had to be patient obviously right i mean it took five six years or whatever um to put that together so i think you've got the group now and now the whole thing is like let's just see let's just start plugging things in seeing what works and that's what this season's going to be about. And unfortunately, uh, sometimes that means not a whole lot of W's. So we'll see how it how it plays out. Oh yeah, no, for sure. And and to your point, I think it's just we gotta we gotta just enjoy it, Magic fans. I think everybody just 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 enjoy, just enjoy the ride. The ride. I, just I enjoy think it, the ride. Yeah, man. Twenty nine other teams ain't gonna win a championship this year either, right? Exactly. So what's the difference if you're winning X amount of games and this amount of games? Obviously, you want to make the postseason. You want to feel like you're close. But to me, if you knew. Last year, and I think the front office had a sense, we're not going to be that one team, right, with, with Vooch and with Evan and with, with AG. Even if everything goes perfectly, no injuries, whatever, we're probably still a, a, a piece or two away uh, from getting to that level. And so they said, what's, you know, can, can we go, can we hope that we make the right free agent signing or make the right trade and it puts us over the top? Or should we try to build something sustainable where now we're not hoping for just that one sort of like lightning strikes. Mm-hmm. Now we're, now we do we have, have control. Uh, we, we've got, we, we've got plan. We've got options. We've got a plan in place to develop young talent. And that's the way I think you got to do it in Orlando is to do it through the draft, build something sustainable. Kind of like San Antonio did 25 years ago. For sure. To the point I, I, I initially was, was like, I don't know if I am in the minority, but I was, I was definitely sh- sh- not so much shocked by the trades, especially Gordon and Fournier. I knew it was coming. The Vooch one, I think, was the main one that that I think caught me and and I think anyone else off guard for the most part. To me, my my only thing with the trade, while I was fully sold on the rebuild, I still felt like if we were having this this big man dilemma that we're still having, I felt like what was the pain in, in having Vooch still on the roster? Granted, you know. There's a lot of different factors there, but I was I was maybe the minority in that thing, and I was like, considering how much he loved the city, I was like, I I think it could have worked having him with the, with the young guys, you know. But you were you were not at all in the minority, Jay, and that's you know like that 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 was a very difficult decision to me, to, because I was somebody who was okay with it, mm-hmm. but I was okay with it because I thought to myself, 
Vooch is at the point in his career where he can he can help you win a championship. He can be one of the best players on a championship team. But we didn't have that roster around him. I, I, sure. I didn't think. We, we certainly yeah. didn't have what Chicago is putting around him right now with the moves they've made. Having Vooch on roster wasn't bad. What you got back for trading him is why is why you made the move, right? I mean, getting those picks and getting Wendell Carter Jr. And one underrated aspect of all of that was getting off Al Farouk Aminu's contract. Because now all of a sudden, because that was a whole other year, right? He he pretty quickly he opted in. in. Yeah. <laughs> player option. Don't Shocker. blame him. <laughs> Dealing with injury issues. Um, and look, that was a He's a solid role player. And I think it made sense when you signed him because you had a sense that if everybody was healthy with that team, you could be, you could make it, you know, win a playoff series or two. They could have been a probably top four team in the Eastern Conference, I think, when you brought him in a win. Um, and, and we're talking about the pandemic year, so everything was screwed up that year, anyways. But it, it, I, I think it made sense. Injuries hit. And then once you make the decision, we're trading Gooch, we're trading Evan, we're trading AG. Then, you know, of course, Al Farouk Aminu is somebody you want to try to move on from. And you want to clear the decks from any of that sort of leftover money so that if next season, you know, if, if, if you feel like you're getting there, and oh, okay, now you have the ability to go out and make that move or to, or to throw money around in free agency or do whatever you need. When you, when you decide to tear it down, you got to clear that money. You got to add picks and, and draft capital. And so that's when the hard decisions come in. Trading a guy like Vooch sucks. But yeah. getting a guy like Wendell Carter Jr. and a couple first-round picks and clearing twelve million dollars off your uh, off your books doesn't suck. So that's that's what it is. You got to give to get. Yeah, no, definitely. I think I I think that was the hardest part. It was it was looking at the light at the end of the tunnel. For me, yeah. it was for me the picks didn't mean much at the time. And I mean, look and looking now, one of them turning into fronds. Uh, it's funny. They're 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 at the draft at the draft party uh, at the draft night at the Amway Center. I called it after we had the Suggs and everyone was euphoric. I I, I was there with uh, Alan Anthony from Orlando Magic HQ. We were there just kind of d- debating, and I I I, th- I think I told uh, Anthony like last second, right before we got, uh right before we got the pick, I was like, watch it be Franz Wagner, and then sure enough, I'm recording. I started recording, and then I was like, I, I showed him the reaction, and it was it was just it was a look of disappointment initially, and I think now that um. Again, we got to see him in summer league. I think we've heard so much stuff, good stuff about him. Heard Juwan Howard uh, give give his praise to him. I'm just I'm super excited for the uh, for that. So I think the I'm over the, I'm over the whole Vooch thing <laughs> now. Obviously, uh, it could be a, hard. It's a good and thing. If you and, didn't get that Bulls pick, you know, like if, yeah. if, if if that thing fell through, and that's a calculated risk you take. Exactly. But that would have made a big difference in, in in how you gauge the return. And Franz will forever be. You know, one of the pieces that came back from the Vooch deal, so he's going to have to deal with that as well. But um, I, I think the front office is pretty happy right now with the way with the way it panned out. They did, they did, and at the end of the day, happy for Vooch in a in a, in a nice exactly. situation over there in Chicago. So because and know. here's the one other part, Jay, is look, you're right. It would not be, it's not a bad idea at all to have a guy like Vooch on roster. It's the same thing we we're talking about before with Rolo and with Etwan. If you're rebuilding, having an All Star caliber player is not the worst thing in the world at all. But what? But do you think Vooch is going to sign up for that? 
he loves Orlando. He loves it here, but I'm sure he would have gotten yeah. pretty sick of, of, of being on 2025 yeah, win teams. I'm, sure I'm not, not sure it's of Vooch for everything he did for the organization mm-hmm. to say, look, we're going to give you your money, but just know that it's going to be Vooch and the kids for the next two, three years. Right. Like that's, I don't think that's how he envisioned yeah. spending the, 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 I guess, first couple of years of his thirties uh, out on the floor either. So we'll see. Well, that's true. That's true. Def- definitely. And, you know, and I think as, as you, as fans and just, you know, people who have played sports or talk about sports or whatever the case is, I think once, once you get past that and you realize like, okay, like, yeah, you know, there's, there's, there's deeper than just my fandom for the team or, or kind of what I think should be the good situation. You got to look at it in a, in a broader perspective. And it's, it's hard, honestly, for, for a lot of people, but sure. uh, I think it's, 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 it was a good move all around now, definitely in, in hindsight. And obviously hindsight's always twenty twenty, but, I think what 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 that what that has has taught me more than anything uh, is just be patient, you know, just kind of kind of let things play out. And as a Magic fan, it's that's that's hard. I know everyone, you know, <laughs> it's not the easiest thing to 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 be patient. But like it's it doesn't seem like this is gonna be a long term rebuild. I think we're it's you know two three years maybe at most, and even shorter. And you know we we're back. Yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, when you look around, I mean, look, if you, I'm trying to give a good example. It's like, look at Phoenix, right? If you make a trade for Chris Paul, then yes, like you're going to go from here to here. But the reason Phoenix got to a point where they felt like they could make a trade for Chris Paul, because they drafted Devin Booker, they had some young talent and they, but even still Devin Booker, as we know, you know, superstar player, but he didn't win anything. People were questioning if he could win, if he was just mm-hmm. an empty calories player, which is ridiculous. Um, point is, it can happen really, really quickly. You you start to build and you start to say, okay, I, I think we're about ready. Right? Again, making a trade for Chris Paul. That's, that's not what's going to happen, of course. He's one of the greatest players of all time. But if you start, if you just start building and then you make that one move, that one veteran who comes in or, or that one trade that puts you over the top, you can go from 12th in the, in, in the conference to a deep playoff run really quickly. It doesn't have to be that sort of organic eight year plan. Um, it can happen quickly. You just got to start to, you just got to sort of start down here mm-hmm. and start building. And this, this is the painstaking part. But once you get to that level where it's like, okay, we, we got something here. It can go from here to here really fast. And to your point, I think this is the first time the the front office, this front office, has actually been in full control of kind of the roster on on the whole team and kind of the decisions and and so I think now with to that point, uh, you know the the rebuilds not shouldn't last too long and you know they were responsible for drafting uh, Giannis and all them in, in Milwaukee and obviously we don't not a one to one comparison different situations different players we don't necessarily have a Giannis type of player. Who knows? We, we never know. But now that well, Giannis Tima is out there, yeah, right. <laughs> Close enough, right? We'll we'll, def, we'll definitely bring him in. I tell you, get him in. Get him in there. <laughs> he he will bring what we need for sure. The other Giannis. The other one. The other one. <laughs> uh, honestly, the the one with the better hair. Let's let's let's, let's, right, let's right, say right. what it is too. <laughs> exactly. All right, but uh, again, that's pretty much just. Um, where I'm at with that. And I, so we're pretty much, you know, kind of agreeance with that. So thank you for, for, you know, kind of giving me your opinion on, on, on the magic and kind of our season and, and everything like that. Now, just to kind of end real quick, I don't want to keep taking too much of your, of your time here, but uh, 
kind of wanted to uh, just talk a little bit off topic here. Not just the magic, just kind of have a little little bit of fun, just casual you know, talk and kind of talk about some of your other interests that you may have outside of the radio. Because I think uh, uh, if you if people that have, don't, don't follow you, uh, Jake Chapman, OM, I believe it is on Twitter. It's your yes. Twitter handle. <laughs> I've, uh, I've, I've followed you for a while now. And just I've always like getting to talk to you the way I've talked to you and then seeing your, the Twitter personality. You mentioned it. People, if people see you from Twitter, they might think of you differently. But, man, it's, uh, it's just very, very entertaining, always just kind of just interacting with you, kind of seeing what you're doing there. And you're, you're, you're definitely, uh, like I said, you, your interest definitely realm go outside of the realm of basketball, which I think when people see the people on, on the radio or people on the TV, they, they, they may not think that they're kind of normal people, you know, and it's like that we, that we have, that you have different lives and you can have different interests. You're not forced into a box and, you know, want to get you to talk a little bit about kind of what, <laughs> what kind of outside interests you, you, you may have that uh, Man, people don't know I about. Know. I mean, oh. Normal is the farthest thing to describe me. Um, we ain't looking no, for normal here. We're not worried about well, that. Well, it's funny. Hold on, hold on one second. Let me mute. Uh, sorry. Um, every year when the season ends, Dante and I say, like, I'm not, I don't want to talk to you for two weeks or, you know, whatever. Like, we we get away from everything. And usually what I like, like, I always have, my family's still up north in Cleveland, so I always have a trip planned out to get up there. Um, but it's usually like later in the summer, right? Like usually the season ends in April or, or May and we have some stuff to do to wrap up, but Dante and I try to just like get away and See. there's playoff <laughs> basketball going on there. I can't get away from everything. Right. But I usually just spend a few days like at home, just like completely unplugging. And typically what that means for me, I got a dog, but I'm still, I'm 37 years old and single and I run a house. Right. So like, I'm not it's not taking care of the kids. You know, I'm not yeah. on daddy duty. I don't got none of that stuff. So it's me. It's usually me sitting with the dog for a week or whatever and binging something on Netflix or whatever. I don't like movies very much. Like I'm not a big, yeah. I, I have no idea about the Marvel universe. I don't like that stuff's just not, it's just not for me. I don't begrudge anybody. It's just not my stuff. Um, but I like TV series. So I had never done Sopranos. So okay. when the season ended this year, I sat and I watched Sopranos. And like that is a ridiculous amount of television to watch. I didn't get it done in a week or whatever. <laughs> I went outside. I, okay, I, you got you, you got I some showered. sunlight. <laughs> um, but but I I, I made it to it. Yeah, I, was, I forgot what the math. It's like 180 hours of television Oof. or something like that. Um, but so I, that's what I did for like the first week. You know, I'd watch a couple episodes of Sopranos each day. Walk the dog um you know maybe get out and it's usually starting to heat up so I, you know i like to take the dog to the dog parks and and recover springs and stuff like that i'm out here in apopka um but so like i always make sure i i i get a little nature and some binge tv and as soon as the season ends um but that's i mean i don't know like i'm a sports fan otherwise i love hip-hop uh i love history and I guess that's about it. I binged a couple of good series over the course of the summer. Um, what was the other one? Oh, I did White Lotus. That one was good. Okay. It's not even a binge, but that was awesome on HBO. That show was great. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm a TV guy. I'm a sports nut. I'm a history nut. And I'm a hip-hop nut. And I guess that's about it. Cool, cool. Well, mentioning, we're going to get into then real quick. Got a couple questions on these 
on some different sports and, and a hip hop question for you then to wrap this up. But uh, first, uh, you, we, we, we were supposed to meet the other day, but, uh, you mentioned, uh, you had a fantasy draft and, uh, got a little, uh, busy. Trust me. Definitely understand. It's that time of year. I personally always, I, I begrudgingly had my drafts last week and I hate that. I hate waiting. I hate doing a draft before all the injuries are announced because look, look, yeah. look, look what's happened these past few days. Like, this is why we wait until the last possible minute for the draft. So I was, I wasn't mad at you. I was like, "Oh man, perfect, go ahead." But to that point, uh, obviously from from Cleveland, I I see from Twitter, you know, Browns fan. Uh, so kind of talk about a little bit, a little bit about what your expectations are for them this year, and a little bit about uh, your your fantasy team. How many how many Browns did you pick? <laughs> okay. Well, first of all. I- a very long time ago that you don't take Browns. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> because it's too much. It's, it's putting way too much stock into it. Like, I'm, yes. I'm going to worry about what pick the from your favorite team every Sunday. Exactly. It's, it's a little too much. Um, but every once in a while, it's funny. Like, every, like, I think last year I took Odell, and obviously that wasn't a very good selection because of the injury. But, um, and I think I had Chubb on a team last year as well. But this year, I, like, I wouldn't be scared to take any Browns, but I didn't almost specifically because I think I, I'm not sure it's going to be a great fantasy mm-hmm. offense. I think it's going to be a good offense, but I think it's going to be really balanced. I think they're going to continue with the did last year, which is trying to take, trying to, I don't want to say make it simple or simplify it, but just but trying no, to make yeah. things um, easier on Baker and run the ball, run just, the ball, run the ball. Easy. Don't make Baker. Um, Run the ball, run the ball. You know, you don't need to scan the whole field. Don't get yourself into trouble. You've got, you know, one of the best receiving quarters in the league. You've got tight ends all over the place. you got two different backs. you got the best offensive line in the league. Like, the offense should be really balanced, and we should be able to win a whole lot of games um, without having to, to hang 42 points on the board, I think, because I think the defense is going to be improved. So, to me, like, I have such high expectations for this team this year. I'm so excited. It's been... You know, I was, uh, let me think, they left in 90, I was 10 years old uh, in 94 when they made the playoffs. I was 11 when they left, and we've had one playoff game since, and that was 10 years later, or two playoff games when you count last year. Um, and so, like, even that Steelers game last year, none of us expected to win that game at all. Yeah. I mean, the Steelers, the Steelers' little brother, and being from Cleveland, I got family from Pittsburgh. Like it's two hours away. Like Ooh. they've been kicking our ass <laughs> yeah. for my entire life, right? And so the way that we kicked their ass in that game, it was just like, like what is happening? And that Chiefs game was so it was heartbreaking because we were really close. And so coming back this year and to start with the Chiefs on Sunday, um, ooh, I am. Uh, I, we've been looking forward to it all summer. Like I just want, like you know, go back to to what I told you about when the season ends. I'm sitting there planning out my summer. I'm going, okay, I'm going to go up north, see my family. I'm going to go to Philly, see my sister. Uh, I'm going to binge a whole bunch of TV, whatever. I'm like, but I would just fast forward all my off time. Just to get to to where we are right now. (laughs) Because I've been waiting for this. We've been waiting for this. And, of course, like, I I keep even just talking about it. I can feel myself. myself Oh, yes. I can see it. Definitely. (laughs) That's what this is about. And we, as Browns fans, are 
so passionate. It's so important to everybody up there. And we've, we've been through so much yeah. uh, as fans that I think, um, I think there's a, there's a, a real palpable sense of excitement up there. And uh, boy, it's going to be, there's not much better than early fall, early season. It's like nothing you've ever seen before. So the the experience uh, experience in the environment of Browns games, especially if they're relevant and any good uh, early on in the season, is it's ridiculous. I would I would give anything to be up there uh, for one of these first couple games, but it should be a fun year. I'm excited for him. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I mean, to your point, I, I've I've seen definitely a lot of positive, um, you know, just outlook for the team just from. Analysts on ESPN, even the fantasy guys, like everybody's just talking, you know, good stuff about the Browns. So I know, I know for you guys, it must feel, it must feel great. Similar to like, you know, just with us with the Magic, how when Suggs and everything, it's positive stuff in the national media. Oh, that's 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 a change. That's wonderful. That's right. That's exciting. Yeah, exactly. No, so- and I, yeah, with the Browns, like I have to. I'm like, who said that? Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. <laughs> the Browns. Exactly. Because we remember, because people in Cleveland take notes. Like we know, oh, yeah. we know oh, yeah. who said what. We remember what Colin Coward said about Baker. Like, like um, that's the biggest yeah, one. Yeah, for gr- sure. We hold grudges with the best of them, I guess. Oh no, for sure. That's why it's like, oh no. And I have I have a few few friends from Cleveland that uh that's it, it's it's you, you talk and it's the same thing. It's so it's the same passion, same energy. It's just like yeah. So I. I I get it. I get it. I, I love it. I thing, appreciate it. We, we have a thing, Jay. It's and I think Magic fans kind of do it too. Like we can talk bad about them, but y'all better not. Yeah, not, right. For like, sure. <laughs> like, we like we. I went through the Browns. Pain. I've dealt like, with I this. I will tell yes. you when the Browns are bad. I, I don't want to hear it from you. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. For sure. I think <laughs> my, my fandom with football started a little later because of fantasy. So my teams, my, I, the the heart was never there for the team as much. I initially. Uh, like the Saints, I named my dog after Reggie Bush around that time. His name's Reggie. Uh, kind of has kind of the colorway of the Saints, you know, black and kind of brownish, goldish kind of kind of color. So uh, right. he was and um, fast as hell. So you know, it kind of kind of made the correlation. Uh, so I was always a Saints fan. And Darren Sproles, a guy my height, big inspiration. Like, oh shoot, he's he's doing this in the, in, in the league. Oh, like, oh yeah, no, and then. As I as I moved up here about three years ago, uh, this is pre Tom Brady. You know, Jameis still, you know, stinking it up back there. Uh, I was like, you know what? Let me be kind of a homer hometown team. We start liking Tampa, and then sure enough, they they, they you know now now they won. I was like, okay, this this is time. what this 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 is it. You know, so it's like uh, so you know I'm I'm just kind of as a fan. My first only game was the Tampa Tampa Giants game. I got to see, you mentioned Odell. It was Odell's last year in New York. Uh, he got hurt that game. So that was, mm-hmm. I think that's when he injured his knee or, or whatever it was. Um, but, I mean, who, who, speaking of injuries, how many does this man have? <laughs> so, right. but but uh, no. Uh, to your point, um, or to my point, excuse me, just kind of want to talk to bring up the fantasy team. So just oh, yeah. give a little bit of advice kind of on not so much advice, but um, cues on kind of where you looked for in your draft, uh, 
who was uh, you, your number one, your first round pick, kind of? So I did three this year, and okay. I'm the commissioner of two of them, which is not, I don't think it's ideal necessarily. No, but done it before. basically what's <laughs> happened is I, I always did two. I did one with my family. It's me and my cousins, and it's obviously a lot more for fun. And then I always had one with my buddies, a couple of my buddies from growing up um, uh, from Ohio. And my, my, the guy who ran the league, like my best friend growing up, quit this year. He said, I, I don't want to deal with it no more. He's got four kids. I'm like, all right, I'll take over. And my cousin who ran the family league quit last year. And I took over that one last year. So now everybody just keeps on st- and I'm the one who steps up. I'm like, all right, whatever, I'll do it. So I got those two, and then I got another league with some of my buddies from down here. I think three is probably too many. I don't even remember, Jay, which one I drafted on the other night when, when I had to switch up on you. I think it was this one. I think it was my um, – I think it was my family team. Hold on. Let me pull it up real quick. I need, The name of the team is Guys Guys, and I got a picture of Guy Fieri. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. I love it. <laughs> See, that's what we're talking about. That's, that's what we love it. <laughs> Uh, what did I do here? Oh, I made sure I waited on quarterback. So uh, Russell Wilson is always my guy, especially this year because you're getting such value on him. He's Everybody's going late. jumping for yeah. Tyler and jumping for, and I'm, I'm sitting there, guy. Like I don't know, I picked him up later. Um, so I took, I think I had the fifth pick. I took Elliott. I'm very disappointed with the way they ran the ball last night. I don't know. I mean, look, they they put what 30 points or whatever up on on that Tampa defense. But if Dallas is going to do anything this year, they better. No, Zeke had four carries in the first half of that game yesterday. And I'm going, you better control the ball a little bit better and um, and take a little pressure off. But, man, those receivers are so good. And Dak did look pretty good. He settled in. It was a hell of a game last night. Um, I took Zeke early. I got Antonio Gibson on every one of my teams this year, mm. uh, the guy from Washington. So he's a guy I like. I tried to get Jonathan Taylor on all my teams as well from, from Indianapolis. Um, and yeah, I always yeah. just try to get guys whose, you know, best football's in front of them. Um, I think when in doubt, take the good player, take the, take the freak, right? Like I think I got AJ Brown on a lot of my teams this year. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just, I usually go through, I got Kyle Pitts. I, I, I had mm-hmm. him, um, I was locked in on him on a couple teams and I usually just try to go through and stack running backs and receivers early and find some value on a quarterback or a tight end. Like, you know, if you want Kittle or if you want Kelsey or whatever, yeah, you're gonna have to give up an early pick. But then you then you don't have to worry about streaming tight ends um, or whatever, which is a pain. So I kind of like the idea of you know maybe spend an early pick on a um, a tight end or or a quarterback and just sort of solve that. You don't have to waste roster spots on backups. And um, so like the, uh, two of my teams, I got Russell Wilson, but then I missed on him on the other one, um, and. I had to take Jalen Hurts, and we'll see about Jalen Hurts. I'm not sure how um, crazy I was about that move, man. but because I did that, I spent two other roster spots on Trey Lance and Justin Fields. And I said, if Jalen don't work a couple one of weeks these. through into the season, hopefully, you know, one of those lottery tickets hits, which is okay. It's not it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, but now I got three roster spots tied up with the quarterback position, so that's what I don't like about it. No, definitely. I think I think that this the strategy always wait for a quarterback. Uh, <laughs> I think is, is is the best sound. One of uh, my my old roommate, one of my best friends. Uh, it's the first time getting him in a, in a fantasy draft. I invited him in. I didn't give him the full rundown, but you know, it kind of kind of I I did brief him. You know, wait wait on a quarterback. 
But uh, I guess he did not hear me. <laughs> First round. Not only does he draft a quarterback, he drafts Tom Brady, of all people. Oh, no, <laughs> so, no, 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 no. So, Jeremy, I'm calling you out on that. Sorry about that. But, uh, hey, thankfully he played him. He, and he almost didn't play him yesterday. So I, I had to had to get into him. Like, bro, if you're going to draft a number one, you better freaking play him. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is funny. My cousin in my family league who I was playing yesterday, she I don't know how she did it, but she ended up, with like the best res- it's, it's only 10 10 person league mm-hmm. so that's part of it but she ended up with Devonte adams keenan allen mike evans and amari cooper and, right and she didn't start amari oh amari wow. scored evans. 39 points on her bench yesterday damn because she got i mean look evans Devonte, and, and keenan allen like that's not bad um but yeah she, I, I have no idea how we we let, let that happen. Melody end up with four <laughs> Of the best receivers in the league, but boy, when you got four, you can only play three. So uh, maybe I'll make a trade with her or something. Yeah, yeah, no, hit her. That, that, that was what she got. Yeah, <laughs> I had a, I had a similar situation as far as my my running backs, but uh, three of my running backs, one of my leagues. I know I got Jonathan Taylor, James Robinson, uh, and Austin Eckler. Eckler was hurt. He was has these reports of his hamstring injury. We'll find out today. See what happens. Yep. I had the conundrum there. I got DJ Moore on the bench. Got Daryl Henderson, so I was like, "Do I swap him out? Do I wait and see?" It's kind of kind of my biggest dilemma. But I, I did have Dak speaking of the game yesterday, so that was that was wonderful. I did have Amari in another one of my leagues, and fortunately, I did start him. I, I looked, I looked, and points. realized last minute that I did because I thought there I left go. him on the bench. Yep, thankfully. There you go. But no, uh, that offense, that offense is going to be a monster this year. I got a feeling. To to the point is to the point of Zeke of Zeke running though. I I think I think it was a. I think it was the situation of the game. I think it's kind of don't you don't you don't want to let his first game back. You're trying to avoid avoid letting Dak get hit. And I think the more you kind of run the ball, the more you kind of slow the game down. You're giving them more opportunity to get at Dak. I think the more fast paced it was, you kind of get the ball out quicker. Maybe you know avoid the chance. So I I I, th- I think the volume for Zeke is gonna gonna improve definitely. Yeah, I feel sure. you. And, and look, it's gonna be. It, if if I think if you have to attack Tampa the way you attack it is it is through the secondary so I understand that um, and they were picking up that, that guy Dean I mean it yeah it, it was, was and, and he, it was, when he was on the field they, he was getting, he was getting that. Uh, that was pretty clearly the game plan so um, no yeah I think you're right that's a, and that's a good point I think is is as the season goes on like it's, I don't think Zeke's gonna be a bust by any stretch of that. Plus he looks like he's in good shape too. As long as he can stay healthy. And as long as that offensive line remains intact, like they did that yesterday, put 30 points on the board without Zach Martin. So I think, you know, when they get that thing going and And yeah, I think Dallas is going to be serious. And I like Washington a lot too. I think that division is actually kind of interesting because I don't know what Philly is going to be. I'm not sold on New York. Fits uh, magic over there now. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and that defense, the Washington defense last year was a monster. So Chase Young, that 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 yeah, let my boy, let my boy get going. Oh yeah, for sure. So that's awesome, man. Thank you for a little, 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 little different. You you know, switch it up a little bit, talk a little fantasy football. But anytime, bro. I got to We let's do this again. I like. uh, I like getting my fantasy thoughts out there. For sure, for sure. Oh, definitely. I could definitely do it (laughs) more often. Uh, Just to wrap it up real quick, just kind of end it real quick. You mentioned hip-hop. I do want to kind of get your opinion then on this kind of Drake-Kanye little little beef they had going on. And if you've heard 
Donda and Cert- and CLB, and if you have an opinion on which is better or which you like more, or just kind of what you think about that? Right. It's the hottest thing going on right now. So this is so here's my deal. Uh, I don't like Drake. Okay, is what it is. I just I respect him. It's just not. It's yeah, just not no, for me. not your cup of tea. Fair enough. Kanye is one of my all time favorite musicians, but for about the last four albums, I've been on. Like, yeah, yeah. Donda is actually pretty good. But if it, it, it ain't college dropout, you know, it ain't graduation yeah, day, the, it's yeah. not, right? So I, so I'm gonna hold on to the Kanye, the first six albums or whatever, um, right up until Jesus. I think it's right, right, right. Yeah, right that, that's when but, that is when the drop started <laughs> for the, sure. <laughs> it was kind of the break point for sure. Um, but with that said, like he I, I i think he's a genius he's a musical genius i don't There's think there no are very it. many people who have ever been able to create what he creates okay mc really good writer but you were talking rizza dr dre prince paul beat making and producing and so i got him up here i'll always have him up here i don't really like the person that much anymore he seems like yeah he's real difficult um but uh, but no, I haven't. I didn't listen to CLB. I'm I'm kind of happy that people say it is, is that it's good. like <laughs> I did listen to the. I mean, look, if the the only thing that comes out of this because we Jay, you're smart enough to know the, these these beefs, these rap beefs. They, oh, it's, it's fabric. It's yeah, all, it's all it's all it's fabric. All. all publicity for sure. And so, but with that said, the the um, the leak track with 3000 on it, who's my favorite rapper of all time. Go for sure. If, if that's Definitely. what we got out of it was, I mean, that was that was some heavy, heavy stuff. And it, you know, it wasn't mastered and the beat was kind of mad, but as soon as, when I hear 3000 mm-hmm. doing that stuff, and especially talking about his mama and how personal it is, like, boy, like I, that's all I need. I'm good for the year. Now. Yeah. But, but I will say this. Alma the year and my favorite new rapper who's still doing stuff now uh, and, and and pumping out music has been Staples and, and Staples and okay Staples underrated for sure titled is that is that guy is uh, he's so talented man he is he's pretty ridiculous he's he's a little crazy as well but uh, that's 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 a little more my, my speed yeah, I'm, I'm so then so then let, let me hear real quick name your top five rappers if you got it or top five ar- artists in general it don't necessarily have to be rappers it could just be the five main main people you listen to so give me a your top you five. mean doing it right now or like all time uh just all time just favorite yeah i'm a i grew like i fell in love with hip-hop because of outcast mm-hmm. so those are my two favorite groups all time Outcast, Wu Tang, period. For sure. Uh, I love Vince. I'm trying to think of some newer guys. Um, like I, again, I'm a Kanye stan. Uh, obviously, all the West Coast, like you know, Pac and Dre and Snoop and all the stuff we grew up with. Um, but the, the guys now that I love are like I love Vince Staples. Um, uh, Freddie Gibbs. Freddie Gibbs. Like yeah, everything okay. Gibbs does is so yeah. good. Like very um, underrated. But yeah, and I it, like Pusha T. Like I, I because it used to be where I especially when i was in college like i had this sort of like indie hip-hop like i need you know uh atmosphere and 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 black delicious and all this sort of like you know weird uh weird stuff that that wouldn't be played on the radio and then eventually i was like if it sounds good then i'm then i like it right like yeah you know like i love migos like like i love some stuff that people that i have for hip-hop friends and they're like you know, this is trash. And I'm like, eh, just shut up and like, right? <laughs> close your eyes and listen to it and bob your head. Like it's good. It sounds good. 
Um, so um, I'm trying to think of uh, any anybody newer, new? uh, newer dudes. No, Gibbs. I think Gibbs is the one that I. Every time he does something, I'm like, man, like he's he don't miss. I I can't I can't remember who it was who introduced who introduced him to me, but I remember first listening to him. I was yeah, I was definitely thoroughly impressed. I was like, okay, yeah, this is <laughs> this is what I like to hear. And like, yeah. Speaking of uh, kind of uh, you know, we mentioned personally for me, Drake Drake was always he's my favorite. I've liked him since, but grant, granted for me, it was a Degrassi thing. I saw him. Growing up watching, you know, on on that Degrassi hey, show, and then me, bro. Like, I, he 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 did his I thing. Think that makes a huge difference. I think it does. He, he I think I think I think he is the voice of an entire generation, and I'm just a little bit older than that generation. Yeah, no, no, it does. <laughs> but 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 to your point, like I've uh like I've had a I've had a harder time getting engaged with the with the newer music. Uh, you know, you mentioned the Migos and how you, you opinions with your friends stuff like that. I deal with that too. My cousin's all into the, the, the new wave of the trap, and um, most of my friends are listening to that. I have a hard time enjoying it. Like, I, I still catch myself listening to, to older music, you know, that's, you know, 2000 to 2010 is like my, the prime era of music I'm it still listening to. It don't get any better, to. Jay. It and don't get like, any better. <laughs> and it's like, I can't. Let me tell you that, because what happens is the music, the music, the music is evolving. Like we can't, for, I hate no, when people sure. are like, oh, these days, blah, blah. like it's okay for you and I to, to, to like and appreciate more of the stuff that came out when we were younger or the stuff that spoke to us in different ways. But there, there's no reason that you have to tune out what's, what's what you love, right? Like music is music. And as I get older, it's going to, it ain't gonna sound right to me. It's because I'm gonna be like, what? What are these kids making these days? But don't begrudge somebody, you know, yeah. their art or or making money or whatever, uh, just because it's not for you. That's what, like, I I was argue like my friends argue about music as if it's a sports game. Like, no, this is better than this, and I said this is all subjective. It's supposed to be what yeah. speaks to you. Like, there's you know, like there is no right or wrong. It's just it's just what you like. No, oh, yeah, and I, I always I always found it a point. I found it interesting that to, you just mentioned it right there, like how how really connected music and, and sports are in, in, in a lot of senses and the debates we get into and, and the culture of, for example, the NBA and the hip hop culture, just how connected, sure. how how rappers want to be ballers and ballers want to be rappers. Like it's it's and I, I think that goes throughout just all genres of music without all different just types of sports. I think you can find a connection with it. And I think to me, that's 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 the greatest part about about just being in being in the space now it's like and in, in seeing these things it's like damn we really really just talking about our everyday life you know and like it's like how can you not enjoy it you know and when, when it's just kind of like when you right. take a step back and just you know kind of stop looking at things so black and white and 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 really uh enjoy it i think you, we all can get to that point and the, the music thing i think for sure with uh you, you know just the the as as generations evolve as we get older we're probably still going to be always listening to, you know to what 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 we grew up on and now i catch myself remembering the times in the car when my parents were playing their their spanish music and always being upset and now looking back like okay i get it now i'm i'm going to be that parent when i get to when i get to that point that's for sure i'm going my way but i think i've even the, to your point gotten to the point where i, I appreciated just 
good music is good music. It may not be necessarily your cup of tea, but like I think we can all if you have a sound for it, I think you know when something's good or like you you can at least understand <laughs> why someone would would see it that way. And I think there's the, the point there's no reason to be hating on each other for what we like as far as music is that doesn't do us any favors for sure. But all right, man, that, that's going to basically do it for today. Again, thank you so much for your time, Jake, man. This was, this was a blast. Time, bro. Uh, definitely would love to have you on again. Uh, and again, just thank you and looking forward to what works coming from you soon. Guys, you know, stay, stay followed on, on him on social media. If you want, let them know all your social media handles real quick or you're on. Yeah, just uh, Jake Chapman OM. That's the best one. We'll be uh, we'll be gearing up quite a bit here. We got um, uh, we got some plans for this season. Should be should be an interesting year. I think we're gonna um, we're, we're we're gonna spice things up a little bit. So stay tuned. At Jake Chapman OM on Twitter. All right, there you go, Adam Jake Chapman OM on Twitter again. Thank you, Jake, and uh, we'll definitely be talking soon. And uh, Thank you guys for tuning in uh, from the nosebleeds to the studio. Again, I am your host, LJ. Shout out to Jake Chapman for coming in today and, and blessing us with the first guest interview and uh, of many more to come, hopefully. And uh, it's going to be a blast this season. So stay tuned. Thank you, guys.